0: Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we are dedicated to helping entrepreneurs improve their business, connecting with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and supporting one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fightin' Texas Aggie Class of 2001.
1: And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998.
0: Whoop! Got a little story for you, Ags. Stephanie Patty, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2005, is the founder of GLS Coaching and Consulting, as well as she also is the founder of Women Worship and Work. Stephanie has taken a career that was built on sales and developed a company that is passionate about teaching and empowering entrepreneurs to know themselves for the purpose of impacting their world.
1: So pass it back and listen up as Stephanie shares some really good bull.
0: Welcome back, Ags. We have got another exciting Aggie Growth Hacks episode for you. Stephanie and I met probably was probably about two months ago at, at this point. And I just knew that within five minutes of talking with her that she needed to share her story on Aggie Growth Hacks. So Stephanie, thank you so much for your flexibility in the scheduling. And thank you for joining us today.
2: Oh, Greg, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, your entrepreneurial journey. Where did it start? Where are you now? How can we learn from you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I never planned on being an entrepreneur. It was never in you know the cards that I would have planned for sure. I uh, went to AM, of course, or I wouldn't be on here. And I actually moved to New York City. And when I was trying to get back to Houston, I found a job essentially through the Aggie Network, and it was a sales job. And I never in a million years also thought that I would do sales because I thought sales was slimy and scummy. And, <laughs> and uh, but, what I found was, you know, if you work hard and you do a good job, I, within one year I was making more money than I had in multiple years of working in New York City, and it just became a very lucrative opportunity. And I ended up being in corporate America doing sales and sales leadership for almost two decades. During that time frame, my best friend. You know, we come from very low means, and she had started a business and become very, very successful. And she kept saying, I'm telling you, you got to start your own business. You have to start your own business. I didn't really have anything at the time that I was passionate about. So I was receiving what she was saying, but I had no idea what that would be if I were going to start my own business. And simultaneously in corporate, I remember sitting in my very first leadership training. And I was in one of those high potential groups where they bring you before you actually have a team. And I remember sitting in one of those chairs looking at the facilitator and saying, one day, I'm going to be you. And, you know, over the course of time, a lot of the things that I did throughout, you know, I ran local regions in my organization, and then I would move into a corporate role, and I would run a strategy. And then I would go back into, you know, the field and be, you know, more in that local space. And I did that off and on. And the reason that I share that is during that whole time, I still never loved the close of the sale. Now, I have a lot of people that I that worked for me that I'm still friends with. I teach sales for a living now in my business, and I never thrived on the close of the deal. I thrived on the process. I loved the process. I love the, the
0: sales process, process or the yes. implementation process.
2: No, 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 not the implementation <laughs> process. <laughs> the sales process. Okay, the helping clients, the finding out what they need, merging it together. So long story, still pretty long, as I was moving through different opportunities and different role types, and as I continued to move up, there were a few times that that leadership development role came in front of me. And every single time, something kind of took me away. And the last time was the organization I was working for had a startup, essentially a startup in the large business. And that startup had a lot of different connection points to small tech companies. And I ended up saying, you know what, I can do leadership development whenever. When am I going to have another opportunity to really work with a ton of startups? And that was the beginning of the taste of, I know what they don't have. Right When you're starting up, you don't have processes around leadership development. You don't have processes around selling you. If you get a leadership role, it's because you were there the longest and you did a good job yeah. and somebody turned over. And so essentially that you know, coveted leadership development role opportunity presented itself again in that same corporate organization. And that same best friend said, you know what? I have leaders. I'll be your first client. So I was at that crossroad. And I said, okay, I'll take a risk. So that was a very long-winded way of how I accidentally <laughs> fell into entrepreneurship. But here I am.
0: Good for you. Who, who's that friend? Who, let's shout let's him shout out. Come on.
2: <laughs> her name is Amanda Malone. And she has since successfully sold her business. So she has... She, she spent one one semester with me at A and and fun fact, we did not do a great job of living together. So <laughs> we have learned that we can be really good friends, uh, but we won't live together.
0: <laughs> good
1: to know. Yeah, yeah and that, that's usually the case. Friends, you know, and roommates, you know, sometimes don't always match, right? Absolutely. All right. So, since we're Aggie Growth Hacks, we we like to talk about A and M just a little bit here, right? Yeah. So what what's the one thing that you learned at A and M? that's been the most helpful as an entrepreneur so far.
2: Yeah, I think there's actually really two things. The first one is being able to accept feedback. I remember one of the first career fairs that I went to. I was a part it was very new then, but I was a part of the the retail society and I wanted to be a buyer. You know, I wanted to go work at, you know, one of the big department stores and be a buyer. And I was you know, going through walking to the different booths. And one of the people there basically said, looked at my resume, mind you, I was 20 years old. Okay, I was young. And they said, you have no retail experience. I would never look at you. And I immediately went, got a job at the local express at Post Oak Mall. So I think that was one of the first times that I can really remember someone looking at me and saying, you can do better. And I went and took it. And then I think the other thing I was just reflecting back, uh, I was a part of one of the freshman leadership organizations. So big shout out to MSC Fish. They were brand new. And I I think getting involved is just so important. And I think it's something that I've carried on through. I mean, I met you guys through getting involved with different people and building the network. So I just think having that network i know the aggie network is big but in general just having a network and not losing touch is really important
0: a hundred percent and and we've heard it over and over and over again everybody talks about the aggie network but then to hear every time you tell a story like like we were connected through the aggie network and just kind of sends goosebumps up up your spine to be able to say this it really does work and it is important and it's something that is I think more unique to our school. Every every school's got a alumni club, but not every school has an Aggie Network, and so that really is so powerful. Uh, and it's awesome to to hear that we're connected through that.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, and just one other thing on the getting involved. I mean, you guys know when you are in leadership and you are growing in something it is almost impossible to do it without major insecurities and it can be at a point here or a point there but there are a few times that i have accidentally some stumbled on some of the things that i did within msc fish and back in the day and it was just a reminder oh wait this is this is who we are in our core like we know how to figure out things mm-hmm. and so i think that just was a big part of it as well
0: so Stephanie, let's let's talk about your your businesses. You know, let's dive a little bit more specifically into them. So, so how would you describe your businesses and the types of people that you serve that get most value out of you?
2: Yeah. So I was crazy enough to not only leave corporate and start one organization, but I started two. So I'm not. This is not a shout out to do that, but that's what I did. So the my. I have a a coaching and consulting business. It's called GLS Coaching and Consulting, and it stands for Growth, Leadership, and Sales. The reason that it is GLS is I genuinely believe that it starts with you. It starts with the individual person investing in their own growth. And when you do that, you will lead better and you will sell more. And I understand that not everybody is sitting in sales but everybody is responsible for productivity in whatever their role is. I mentioned earlier that I never wanted to be a part of sales. And I thought it was kind of slimy. And I learned that there is one title even worse than that. And that's consultant. <laughs> 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 I think consultants have these really bad uh, images of I'm going to come in, I'm going to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. And then I'm going to leave it to you to fix it.
0: <laughs> have fun. Yeah. I gave you the plan.
2: Yes. <laughs> you figured and- out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very quickly, I had to figure out how to change that spiel a little bit and make sure that I was clear in what I do. So for the most part, who I work with is that small to mid-sized organization. And when I say mid-sized, I mean, I have an organization that I work with that is a national firm, global, but there is some component that they are missing and don't have developed. So for example, for you know a smaller, maybe 60 to 100 employee company they might not have leadership development strategies. I can tell you almost with 100% accuracy, if you have an organization that size, their leaders have never truly had somebody role play with them. How do you give feedback effectively to actually produce better future behavior? Right? And so... That is one component. And then the other component is really more on the sales side. So I have a very large national organization. They have a learning management system. They have leadership development trainings, trainers, all that. But the organization doesn't... They need to grow their current client base, but they don't have a lot of quota carriers. So it's working with client-facing team members that could be just a client success, more account manager role, but giving them tips and tricks on how do you go deeper with a client to mm. keep that longevity. So I probably already stole all my time just on that one business, but I'll stop and see if you got any questions. Oh no,
0: Yeah. Come on. Come on. No, that, that, that's great. So, so is your other businesses, are they... Is it related? Is it a completely different passion project?
2: Uh, I'll say yes and yes. So what happened is I was moving up the corporate ladder and I started getting into more executive type roles. I was also in the stage of having kids and I was blindsided at how hard it is to be a working mom. And I just, I felt like nobody told me it was hard. And not only that, as the higher I, I got up, like right, wrong, or indifferent, most of the people on my team were men. And most of them actually had women that are wives that were stay at home. And so we just we were, I I was needing to produce the same results while still breastfeeding in the break room. You know, it was just a very different dynamic that I didn't expect. And I think the world has already started shifting some compared to, to where it was. But that's where I started the organization. It's called Women Worship and Work. And it's just, really reminding us as women that our confidence and our worthiness is not in the job title. It's not in comparison. And we're actually, in my opinion, God made us in a way to shine in our own way. And the sooner that we can step into that, the better it is for our family, our friends, the organizations we work for, our team. And it's really empowering women to live in that truth.
1: Love that, absolutely love that. So, you know, as before, our we started all of this all this talk here. You know, we were talking about some of those leadership tools that that you do use and how you train. What's What's the biggest tool that you use and and how you help with your clients with this leadership role.
2: Well, I think one of the first things that I love to do, whether I'm working with an individual, an organization on sales or leadership is the disc assessment. And I know it's a little, I feel like it can be old news. I remember um, even when I was getting trained on it, I was like, there's so many cooler things. There's Enneagram, you know, Strength Finder, all this stuff. And the truth is, I really don't care what, assessment you take. I have never even taken a Cosmo quiz out of a magazine when I was a teenager that I didn't think, oh my gosh, this is me. You know, I I feel like however (laughs) they do it, they do a good job of, of getting it right for myself. I think the magic really happens when you step away from yourself and you look at the person on the other side of the camera or the table and you look at how they show up and what that looks like. So without going down a full lesson, I'm D. D. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I've gotten that feedback my whole life. And I used to run that way no matter where I was. And what I have learned is if I'm on the other side of somebody who's maybe an S, a little bit softer, slower personality, I'm going to get a lot farther in what I'm trying to accomplish. If I can change my tone, if I can change my questioning, if I can show up a little bit differently. And it's not about changing who I am. I still need to show up authentically and live live into my mm-hmm. strengths. But I need to think about what my end game goal is. And I'm going to be a whole lot more effective if I'm paying attention to the other person and what they need. Mm-hmm. And so besides the DIS tool, I mean, I think the concept I teach a lot is it's not about you; it's about them.
0: Well, Stephanie, and I think that that's that's really unique. That that's the part that you really hone in on, because you know most of those books are, are systems. As they walk through it, it's a hey, let let us learn about ourselves, and if you know yourself better, then you can you know fix what you need to fix with yourself. And oh yeah, by the way, you know how you interact with the world is going to be better, but more emphasis is is focused on you know looking inside whereas you are focused in pushing it outside so how, how are you how are you really able to maximize that impact to the people that that you work with because this is something that that every organization regardless of size from a sole entrepreneur to fortune 200 they need to be aware of
2: well, and and you. One of the points that you brought up is when you are doing your own, like let's say Strength Finder, which I love, by the way. But I've got these five strengths, and I I don't even know if I could tell you all five of them. So there's no way I'm going to be able to tell you know Greg and Chris right now who has Woo. You know, like I just I can't remember all of the things. And I like disc because it's short; it's four. And so you're a combination of one of those, right? But one of the things where I think training and development gets a really bad rap is because it's kind of like the consultant thing. You come in, you do a great session, and then you leave and it's done. And I tell everybody, it doesn't matter if I am the best facilitator in the world. If the leaders aren't interweaving it and in what you're, they're doing and what they're doing and making it cultural, it will die. And so I do the same thing. I demonstrate that. I lead by example. So that's why I like to start with it. So when I'm teaching feedback, the way you're going to give feedback to somebody who is a D, very you can shoot me straight with the feedback. I'm going to receive it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But the way that you might give feedback to somebody else that shows up a little bit differently. And if you really want them to do what you're asking them to do better, you might need to change your approach and soften it up. Still be direct, but soften it up. And then, you know, when we're doing coaching or it doesn't matter. Every single thing that we're doing it's, is the person on the other side. What are the metrics they care about? What personality do they have? What's your best bet at creating action in that conversation? So I think it's just interwoven into everything that I do.
1: Love it. Leadership is a is a big deal and, and something that that every entrepreneur should have. If they want to scale their business, they should be developing those leaders, right? So what do you feel is the biggest challenge that leaders, right, entrepreneurs in general, have with this leadership role and developing that leadership role? What's the biggest challenge that they're facing today with that?
2: Well, I think one of the most obvious ones is the fact that people don't want, they struggle with delegation and feeling that somebody else can do the the work that needs to be done that they're doing. I think that's pretty common. And anybody listening to this is shaking their head yes, like you guys. Mm -hmm. But I really think the antidote to that or the solution to it is we don't pause enough. We don't slow down, Mm -hmm. take a breath and think about what is our one year three-year, five-year goal. What do we want to do? How are we going to get there? And I literally just spent, and I am not kidding you, I just spent two and a half hours on a call with my coach, okay, dream building all the things I want to do. And my homework is make a list of everything that you do and five things that we can get off your plate. Like you have to start somewhere, and so to to answer your question as succinctly as possible is we have to slow down and take time to think. We need to think about what our challenge is and is if if there's a different way to do it, that we're not looking at the problem in my opinion.
0: <laughs> I would echo that i mean i I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've worked with in different capacities over the last 20 years, but the ones that I think are the strongest leaders are the ones that, whether they be on a quarterly basis or an annual basis or something, but they go away, they seclude themselves, they turn off their phone, they build a team so that they their business is going to keep running, but then they go away and they just think, and they think about where they want to be and how they can be most used. And most of the time, that is getting stuff off of their plate. Building a system, hiring somebody, empowering somebody, and that has more transformational impact than a new initiative or a new training or whatever.
2: Well, and Greg, what happens on top of that is when you do that yourself, your team sees it and they start doing it too. People follow you. I remember uh, this actually just happened this week. I, was, I, had, a, I had a new prospective client meeting and afterwards i was talking to my son who's 10 okay and i he said well how did it go i said most of it went good there was one part i'm a little iffy on and my son okay 10 years old this who is difficult okay he's got my personality a strong personality he asked me he said well what could you have done differently do you know why he asked me that cuz you asked that i ask him that every time something goes wrong that he doesn't like So when we demonstrate that we don't just always have to press the more button and run, 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 Mm -hmm. we empower our teams to do the same, and then they empower their teams. And it's a trickle-down effect, but it starts with us. It starts with us.
0: Okay, Stephanie. So since you just went through this exercise with your coach what's your BHAG? you you've got a fresh hack right now so, so what is <laughs> you know, your what is your i B-hag? do have a
2: fresh BHAG. well 10 years from now okay which i mean listen i'm hoping it's sooner but i mean there's a book there's a retreat there's a stage you know i i and it's not about me it's about Having the opportunity to try to impact more people. And I, I really do believe that there's a different way to show up. And personally, for me, I also believe that the backing of that is you know, what the Bible says. And so my big audacious goal is to have a community where it's safe to really thrive in business and really thrive biblically as well. And I think there's a space for both.
1: Love that. Absolutely love that. And 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 yes, absolutely. There, there absolutely is a space for that. Okay. So we're going to head into our lightning round right after this, but uh, right before we do, we're going to pause here for a message from our sponsor. All right. And we are back. Okay. So this is the lightning round. Okay. The the only rules that we have with lightning round is that you have to answer your question within one minute. Okay. Ready for that, Stephanie?
2: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for giving me a minute. I feel like the last podcast, you only gave him 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> it depends on if it's Greg asking or me asking. Okay. That. okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably true. I never thought about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I want to go check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you if we listen to the past, how many episodes have we done? 120 something, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have one minute. Okay. You One minute with Chris. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> number one question, what is your favorite personal hack? This could be a book, a podcast, whatever. What is your first personal hack?
2: Okay. I'm excited about this one and it's a meal. It is a recipe. So fun fact, in college, My uh, roommate would take a Hidden Valley ranch packet. You know how you make ranch dip? You got to get the one that says dip on it. And she would take chicken, dump it on there, and cook it on the stove. So we call that meal Aggie chicken. It is so easy. And now we started adding some actual ranch dressing too. Okay, but it is so easy. My kids devour it, and they and when I say we're having Aggie chicken, which is usually once a week, they're pumped. and nice. uh, and I actually I actually recently made a reel on it. And so I'll send you the link, maybe you guys can put it in the show notes or whatever.
0: Yes, that would be awesome. I think that is that is the first time we've ever had a recipe hack on our show. That's I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie.
2: And, and it's easy. It is easy. So that's the point.
0: Aggie chicken. Let's go ahead and trademark that. So. Okay, so that's 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 your personal hack. What is your favorite business hack? What can we learn from you?
2: Well, um, I'm going to give two. One of my favorite books, because I think it starts with yourself and I have it right here. It's John C. Maxwell's 50 Invaluable Laws of Growth. You can see all the post-it notes. I, I mean, I cannot think of one time I'm coaching somebody and I'm giving them perspective or whatever. And it's in here. So I think if you're just getting started in the personal development, Space, which probably most of your listeners, if they're entrepreneurs, that's not the case. But that is a great, easy thing to do with your team. Um, But the other one I actually did with you, Greg, when we met. And normally I wouldn't do it on a first meeting, but do you remember when I said, "Hey, is it okay if I take this call on a walk?" Yeah. And so what I what I do when I've developed a good relationship with a client. And we need to have work done, but we don't necessarily need to be staring at each other as we'll both go on walks and it gets us out. It gets us moving and it gets me still accomplishing business.
1: Love that. Love Absolutely it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I'm constantly I'm doing this right here in meetings, you know, so <laughs> I would love to get outside. <laughs>
2: You got a great setup though, Chris. It looks really
0: awesome. good. You, you, you could be that guy. You've seen the guy on YouTube that he's got like the green screen. He's like riding a motorbike and everything. And he's in a corporate meeting. That'll be, that'll be Chris.
1: Nice. <laughs> uh, okay, Stephanie, what is uh, the best bit of advice that you've ever been given? And how have you applied it?
2: You know, I was at it. I was on an internship actually when I was in college, and I there was a speaker at one of the closing events when they were kind of sending us off, and he said he gave three pieces of advice, and the two there's two that I really remember, and one was life chooses you as much as you choose it, and keep your options open. And uh, that same company I was actually saying yes to, and I was going to accept with them I mean, I mean, it would have that that would have changed the whole trajectory of my life. And the day before I was in college, I mean, my dad called me at seven o'clock in the morning, and um, he said, "Hey, the company that you're about to accept with just got just was bought out." And I had two job offers. I was about to tell the other one no, which was in New York City, and I was too scared to move there. That company in New York City, I kid you not, is who bought out the other company that I was saying yes to.
0: No way.
2: I I promise. And so I think it's just, you know, have goals, have a vision and hold it lightly because you you never know how things will will transpire. And usually it's left and right. It's usually not right or wrong decisions.
0: Well, Stephanie, how can we, as the Aggie Growth Hacks family, how can we get in touch with you? How can we support you? How can we... You know, maybe have a get together in twenty twenty four. What what can we do?
2: Oh, well, let's get together. I am (laughs) totally You know, one of the the really different things moving straight out of college to New York was I mean, there was an Aggie network there. We'd go watch the games at a bar. But I definitely lost that every year going back to football games and stuff. So if there's opportunities to hang out in a and let me know. I want to come. I want to speak. I want to be a part of it. I want to listen. To answer your question, I am Stephanie Patty on LinkedIn, but I spell it like Gwen Stefani. So it's S-T-E-F-A-N-I. P-A-D-Y. So that's an easy way to follow me. My website is GLScoach.com. And if you're a lady and you're open to having some faith conversations, please find me on Instagram at women worship and work. Or that's also my website, Women Worship and Work. Dot
1: com. Well, that is so awesome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with the Aggie Growth Hacks Network and audience. We really appreciate your generosity and all the support that you're giving us Aggie entrepreneurs.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? I know that I took in a lot of notes from talking with Stephanie. What were your biggest takeaways there, Greg?
0: Well, I love the part where she talked about having that conversation with the prospective client and they kind of talked to their son about it. And then her son came back and said, well, what could you have done better? You know, and and that... I mean, that that's so impactful on a uh, uh, multiple levels. I mean, first, first off, you know, just being in a situation w- and a reminder that what we tell our kids and what we mirror for our kids or what we show to our kids they're going to mirror back to us. But then also to be able to just the advice of what could you have done better? I mean, to be able to realize and always be thinking it's not XYZ's fault. It's not the customer's fault. It's not the vendor's fault. It's not whatever. What could I have done better to take a Accountability for this situation to make it better. Because at the end of the day, we all want something out of every interaction that we have. And we have to take ownership, extreme ownership of saying, what's my part in it? How can I make it better? What about you, Chris?
1: Yeah, I hold 100%, uh, you know, and with you on that one. And I've got two, honestly. So there, I might give a bonus one here, but the first one that I wrote down was was pause, even if it's every once yeah. in a while, right? I do that myself. I, I like to pause at the end of the year, really figure out, did this year go the way that I wanted it to go? And if not, then is this moving me towards my, my BHAG, right? My big audacious goal. And, and if not, then what do I need to do for this next year in order to accomplish that? I think it's so important to get away from the computer, get away from the office, get away from everything as much as you possibly can, you know, even as a leadership team, and we didn't really touch on that, but taking your leadership team, taking them offsite, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a retreat and and going through the same exercise, but it truly does start with the visionary's, you know, vision, okay, the CEO's vision of this is where I want my company to go, right? Yep. and and to keep that top of mind. So my next one was uh, have goals, have a vision but hold it lightly. Okay. So I, yeah. yeah. If, if anything the past three to four years has taught us is exactly that. We have to have our goals. We have to have our vision, but you know what? Sometimes things come around and change the entire world that we were not anticipating. So we have to be able to adjust. Right. And, and so anyways, yeah, that's, that was my second one right there.
0: 100% agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. With all of that. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you loved it. If you're not connected with Stephanie on any of the social media platforms, do yourself a favor, connect with Stephanie. If you're not connected with Chris or I or with Aggie Growth Hacks, shame on you. Come on, y'all. Come on, Ags. Y'all need to connect with us and make sure that you give this episode a big thumbs up and subscribe to Aggie Growth Hacks so that we can get the Aggie Growth Hacks message out to more people.
1: We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, please head over to their website right now to find a program that's right for you. Just go to AggieGrowthHacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now. Well, Ags, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks
0: and gig'em. Whoop!